The new year began with a new season of Shark Tank India. Excited about the new season? Of course, of course. अगर ये धंधा सच में मल्टी बिलियन डॉलर्स का है तो आप छोड़ छाड़ के बैठ क्यों नहीं जाते But this time the real sharks were the ones on social media going after the venture founded by one of the sharks of the previous season. Yes, I am talking about Gazal Alag and Mama Earth, the company that she founded with her husband Varun Alag. Na koi business degree, na silver spoon. Kuch tha to sirf maa hone ka experience. Mama Earth is a direct to consumer brand that started by selling baby care products. It has in the past few years diversified to a whole range of stuff from skin care to hair styling. Mama Earth's IPO plans ran into rough weather soon after the company filed its draft prospectus in the last week of December. Why? Well, valuations. While the draft prospectus made no mention of valuations, the market participants latched on to an investor expectation of 3 billion dollars or 24000 crore rupees and found it way too high. Right from tweets pointing out the weaknesses in the company's financials to the valuation sort being unrealistic to memes about Gazal Alag statements made on the Shark Tank shows investors on Twitter have been bashing up the company and this is something which is unprecedented none of the earlier unicorns such as Paytm Zomato and Nike suffered so badly on the filing of the initial IPO documents so what's so wrong with Mama Earth IPO is it just valuations or timing or something more this is almost a 20 times price to sale and a 1700 1800 times price to earnings it just created a massive backlash for them i'm not sure where the 3 billion number came from to be honest i'd say its valuation is ballpark around 1 to 2 billion So why is Mama Earth planning to list now especially when the market sentiment has turned negative for unicorns Are the exiting investors seeking the peak of direct to consumer or D2C businesses For that matter is Mama Earth really a D2C business What is the likelihood that Mama Earth IPO will not go down the same road as other unicorns before it And will the Mama Earth IPO be the end of the D2C fairy tale for the FMCG industry that is busy acquiring small digital startups? All this and much more in today's episode of The Morning Brief. It is Tuesday, January 10th, and I am your host Kiran Somwanshi, exploring the prospects for Mama Earth's IPO, especially after all the backlash. It's possible fair valuations and can it really manage to be the unicorn IPO making money on the street? Mama Earth is a flagship brand of the D2C company Honasa Consumer. Now Honasa was incorporated in 2016 to provide toxin-free natural personal care products especially for babies. Now according to the company's prospectus it is the largest digital first beauty and personal care company in India. But the company's financials raise several questions. To address those we have venture capitalist Aviral Bhatnagar of Venture Highway Contra investor Lalit Rathi of LKR Advisors and chartered accountant Mehul Shah partner at Rashesh Shah and Company sharing their insights. All three of them have expressed their views on the Mama Earth IPO on social media. So the first obvious question is what irked the retail investors so much about Mama Earth's IPO? 
you know, where the investors really tired of the performance or the underperformance of the earlier tech IPOs and took it out on Mama Earth? Or, you know, are there genuine concerns about the company's performance? Let us first appreciate what the company has achieved till date. It was a 14 crore turnover company, now going to hit 1,400 crores in FY23 in just five years. Market share of five and a half percent, 18,000 pin codes per se, made a three, four acquisition in a very short span of time and catering to close to about 6 million active monthly users, right? But a great business and good promoter does not actually mean a good valued stock. So the issue came in limelight last week when the company filed its DRHP, where it said that, hey, 400 crores of primary infusion we are going to do and close to about 4.68 CR of secondary OFS shares, which has been sold, which is expectedly valued at 2,000 crores on mark, right? Now, the so-called sources in the market in June 2022 mentioned that they are looking at a IPO at a valuation of close to about $3 billion, which is how the figure of 24,000 came into picture. For a company which did FY22 revenue of 943 crores and a 14 crores PAT rate, this is almost a 20 times price to sale and a 1,800 times price to earnings. It just created a massive backlash for them. Let's also not forget that just a year back, Sequoia infused $50-52 million, took about 24% stake at $1 billion valuation. Now, what changed in the last 12 months that the company moved from a valuation of $1 billion to almost an expected value of $3 billion? And that's the reason it was made such a big issue in terms of, you know, the entire IPO coming in. That was Contra investor Lalit Rathi. However, Aviral Bhatnagar, an angel investor, has a slightly different take on it. I feel like there is a lot of anger and frustration with the way startup IPOs or tech IPOs have performed over the last year. And Mama Earth kind of became the lightning rod for that frustration in some sense, especially because there was no real valuation that was disclosed, but there was some number that people caught on to and then they just went with it. What I'm seeing is that, you know, there are a lot of people who invested in these tech IPOs like Paytm, Nika, Zomato over the last year. When they got an opportunity to take it out, they took it out on Mama Earth. That, that's the underlying feeling. Just go back two, three months, just search for Mama Earth and look for the November articles on Mama Earth. They're all singing praises. The same guys were like, oh, this company is crazy and what are they pricing this company at? I've just been reading articles just like two months ago, not even a year ago, which are saying that Mama Earth is like amazing. When they reported their revenue, they're like, wow, this is fantastic. And now this thing has suddenly turned. Nobody becomes horrible in two months, right? It's impossible, especially for a company of this scale. So I think it's a perception thing that's largely driven with the price, which was not even supposed to be a topic of discussion in the first place. I'm not sure where the 3 billion number came from, to be honest. I think they were valued at a billion and a half in their last round. Like generally, consumer brands trade at multiples depending on their gross margin. But I'd say like a 5 to 7x is what people say is fair. I'd say its valuation is ballpark around 1 to 2 billion. 
the fact that they have not mentioned a valuation in the prospectus and a number was allowed to get out i think it should have been managed better i don't know how retail investors will react to this whole negative sentiment as well as other institutional buyers because now suddenly everyone is thinking that oh this company is overpriced and that sentiment matters the overall sentiment for startups has turned negative for sure you know with the funding winter having set in the underperformance of already listed unicorns and the overall uncertainty in the global financial markets several unicorns such as boat snapdeal and farmeasy have deferred their plans to list so the obvious question is what are the pulls and pressures that made mama art decide to go ahead with their ipo plans and are they getting bashed for bad timing this has a very important connection in terms of how much the private equity folks can continue to infuse in the company right what you are seeing in us is a very tightening of liquidity situation the so called easy money is no more available and hence the only other opportunity for them to exit out is via the ipo either they have to keep pumping in keep sustaining it or close the business or have to commit with an ipo so you can call it as a really really bad timing for them and let's not forget that there are about 60 to 70 startups who have raised series d and series e funding in last 24 months they have to also hit the markets and hence they'll be forced to come up with ipo every now and then and people have burned their money big time it's not a matter of 500000 crores which they have burned right the likes of paytm zomato nike delivery car trade combined policy bazaar combined investors have lost close to about 1 and 1/2 lakh crore of you know their hard earned money which has gone down the sink and despite the stocks correcting 50 60% you still valued at price to sales of you know 10 to 12 times which shows that more fall and more downfall is still pending so it's going to be a very long grinding painful journey and you can call it as a bad timing with private equity have absolutely no other option to pump in across and push it off to the retail so who are the exiting shareholders in the mama earth ipo among those diluting their stake are celebrity shilpa shetty kundra snapdeal founders kunal behel and rohit bansal Maricos Rishabh Mariwala and multiple institutional investors such as Sofina, Stellaris, Fireside Ventures and Evolvens. Avirel thinks it is a decision of the founders when to list. But he does provide a bull and bear case for Mama Earth. I think the bull case is that it's a really fast growing company. In fact, if you look at its financials, they forexed the year before this and they've toexed last year fy22 and i think if they are they complete on track at least of what numbers they reported they're going from 400 crores to 900 crores to 1500 crores which is pretty good hmm. they've doubled a year and they've gone up by like 60% so the growth rate is is pretty good i think they have a strong margin profile as well at least as the data that i saw in the prospectus was their gross margin is like 60% 70% which is good now the bear case is that they stagnate and they do nothing this is their max they get stuck which happens with a lot of companies by the way but again these are things that you have to look at when you're investing right it's a company one should deeply research and see if there is some upside because i think there are a lot of things going well for the company overall 
सो ममा अर्थ विल बी द फर्स्ट डी टू सी यूनिकॉर्न टू गेट लिस्टेड बट होल्ड ऑन इज ममा अर्थ इन डीड अ डी टू सी कंपनी एंड इफ सो आई वॉन्ट हाउ लॉन्ग विल इट रिमेन दैट बिकॉज अ कंपनी सेल्स फ्रॉम ऑनलाइन चैनल्स एज अ प्रपोर्शन ऑफ इट्स टोटल रेवेन्यूज हैज बीन स्टेडिली कमिंग डाउन राइट फ्रॉम नाइंटी वन परसेंट इन फाइनेंशियल ईयर ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी टू and of course expanding online doesn't come cheap mama earth operates 35 of its own exclusive brand outlets and sells its products through a network of 440 distributors and stockists and all this has led to increased cash outflows on all things like working capital larger workforce and of course channel marketing mama earth cannot be solely treated as a d2c startup of course d2c startups commands a higher valuation as compared to e-commerce startups or as compared to a startup who has a offline channel of distribution but if you look at mama earth 60% of its sales comes from third party e-commerce website like amazon flipkart nike so it cannot be considered as a pure d2c startup even if i look at the red herring prospectus it has around 141 crores of daters trade receivables which is almost 12th of the estimated sales of the year so that also shows that it cannot be treated as a pure d2c startup so something you can say is between a combination of d2c plus an e-commerce operator at the same time plus products who have an offline distribution channel like hul or merico that was chartered accountant mehul shah from surat who also supports and advises startups lalit also shares a similar view but with a different explanation Mama Earth does not have any own setup manufacturing kind of a place, right? So they are just a market player, you can say. They all have as a brand, and that brand has been getting sold. Their average product pricing is from the range of two hundred, eight hundred rupees kind of stuff, right? Their competitors might be someone like a Sugar Cosmetics or a Purple or a Himalaya. Mama themselves in their DHRP have not given anyone in this space of Nike kind of stuff, right? As a competitor at all, and I was pretty surprised to see they had compared themselves with the likes of Hual, Colgate, Dabur, Marico, Bajaj Consumer, Gillette kind of players, right? Today you go to a store and ask them about Mama's, you know, working capital cycle, then say that hey, look, we have got a credit for three to four months with a return policy. I can return my products if it goes. unsold right so there's a huge risk and a huge difference between all of these players with whom we are speaking vis-a-vis mama mama is nowhere in fact if you remember there was a season 2 episode 1 of shark tank there was a player who came up i think the company name was record hmm. it was rejected in shark tank because it was a competitor of price sugar you know which was coming across mind you the company was doing a turnover of 30 crores Profitable 7% margins. To me, he's a real competitor for any of these players. There are about 3,000, 3,500 BPCs in India, beauty personal care segments. 500 of them having a revenue of more than 20 CR. 35 to 50 of them are having revenue of more than 100 CR. So there are lot of them in the segment for their both on online space and on offline. and to me they don't fit in anywhere they are neither an fmcg they are neither a like of nike which is a top of the brand recallability factor nor they fit in the unorganized segment at all so if and when mama earth finally gets listed it will be interesting to see what it will be compared with will it be nike or hul or any other fmcg company 
and this comparison is important for the market to decide the company's fair valuations interestingly mama earth's prospectus describes the company to be a unique one with no listed peers mehul sheds light on whether mama earth should be pitched against nika or giants such as hul and other fmcg companies so kiran if you look at the, the last valuation the round was led by sequoia capital where they invested around 52 million dollars at a valuation of 1.2 billion if i convert this into rupees it comes to 8000 crore pre money valuation again if i compare it to nika let's say for example then i would say let us look at the current market capitalization rather than the ipo price of nika and the current market capitalization is around 40000 crore i would say the profitability of nika they have shown a profit of, of around 41 crores which is again around four times the profitability of honasa so if i discount the market capitalization of nika of 40000 crore to four the valuation comes to around 10000 crore which will again give a fair upside to the last investor who has entered at 8000 crore so i feel even on a higher end considering the growth considering keeping a bet on the founders and particularly one good factor is it has done some good acquisitions so it is not only mama but they also house some other five brands like derma company ayuga dr seth b blunt so considering all those factors i feel 10000 even on a upside would be a higher valuation which would also justify round at which the last investors have got in so if you compare mamar with other fmcg companies hul has a pe of 62x odres consumer has 57x merico has 53x imami has 23x so even if you look at the overall nifty index of all the skincare products particularly the pe comes to around 59x as compared to this the last investor led by sequoia capital they have invested in mamarth at 329x of pet which is quite high lalit also provides a conservative estimate of the fair valuation that mamarth could command for a startup loss making entity in a present scenario given a choice there is no valuation at all in the first half of this year they did a part of 3 cr right but they have a negative operating cash flow of 60 65 cr during this same period which means nothing but there's a sharp jump in inventory and trade receivables which is there so obviously i can't apply a method of price to earnings in this case no comes your second method of some of the parts valuation where you value which of the brand they have combined the entire value and then try to identify it's a slightly complicated because many of their brands are at a very nascent high burn kind of business so typically you now the third way of valuing this particular business is the price to revenue kind of multiple now what is the right price to multiple revenue which can be given you have players which are in a highly organized market at a price to multiple of 7 times to 10 times right whereas mama earth in the present valuation which has been expected or expecting a price to multiple of 17 18 times so to me personally i would say a price to multiple of 4 to 5 times that itself is quite high for example see this year they were going to do 1400 crores of revenue hmm. 5 times is nothing but 7000 crores of valuation assuming 1400 crores revenue of 5% pat has been done right which is 70 crores of pat which is nothing but you are already valuing the entity at 100 times price to earnings which is huge right so to me it just does not make sense even to value them at four to five times price one but i think kiran they would come up in the range after all the backlash they face at a value of probably 1.6 to 1.8 billion dollars that is what i personally feel they like 
So in rupee terms, it will be in the range of 13,000 to 15,000 crore rupees. So while Mama Earth's business model is similar to a FMCG company rather than a marketplace like Nika, its financials and business model are still quite different from a pure play FMCG business. As I was recording this podcast, my 9-year-old kid came up to me and asked, "Why are you talking about the Mama Earth cream?" I realized the company has fairly succeeded in gaining visibility. But the question to me was at what cost? While FMCG companies typically spend 8 to 10% of the revenues on advertising, Mama Earth spends nearly 40% on pushing its brands. Now the company had spent 391 crore rupees on branding and promotion in the financial year that went by. And in fact, it is the same as the amount of fresh proceeds that the company is looking at raising through its IPO. Mehul analyzes this further. If you look at the numbers, the total ad spend in 2021 was 178 crores and the sales achieved was 460 crores. Comparatively, the total ad spend in 2022 was 391 crores and the total sales was 932 crores. If we calculate the return on ad spend, that is the ROAS, which is a good number to monitor. It ranges between 2.4 to 2.6. Now, what is more astonishing is even if I, if I look at the last four years, the ROAS has always been in this range of 2.4 to 2.6. It has never increased. Once I increase the ROAS, it shows that my organic sales has increased. Uh, it is a sign that I have some repeat customers. But as the ROAS in case of Mamarth has not increased, it shows that there are fewer repeat customers. There are fewer organic sales. If we compare the same ROAS of Mamarth with Nike and HUL. the ROAS of Nike is 7.8 and the ROAS of HUL is 10.6 so this shows that still the growth of this startup is very much dependent on the ad spend and the result of the ad spend so even if the retail investor assume that the valuation is going to be derived from the future revenue and the future profitability it is still a tough task because at present still there has not been a good correlation between the ad spend and the revenue which shows that still we need to burn cash to achieve those revenue That's quite a disincentive for investors, right? But Aviral advocates being patient with startups spending on advertising to achieve their growth. I think because startups scale so fast, we forget that we need to be patient with them as companies too. One of the big reasons why the losses have decreased so drastically for Mamath is because they've ramped down these expenses that you're talking about, right? Mm. Otherwise, their losses would be extremely high, and then this conversation would be about what a crazy loss making company it is and it's still asking for such a valuation so my sense is that especially in like consumer brands which are not as tech led they take time to improve their margin profile there's a lot of optimization that needs to be done and you're absolutely right that advertise something like this is not sustainable why it is done is because they need to show that they exist that they exist and they're trustworthy right so how do i create a brand in 6 years when there's a brand that's competing with me that's there for 70 years i have to accelerate that relationship with my customer in that short time period and the only way i can do that is advertise and be there everywhere so that people start thinking that this is this is real correct but does that mean that when you actually stop doing that what you initially did in terms of advertising then it will also again take you back that is an absolute risk will that mean that their growth will be much lower than what it is right the whole startup story is figuring out a business model right we all invest in a hypothesis now the question is that have they figured out a business model that will be profitable and will grow or have they reached 
the end where they've spent so much and now with this new model where they have to spend much lesser they'll grow very slowly or remain flat right that's a risk that you are betting on the business model risk or execution risk whatever you want to call when you are buying the stock at whatever price it is so advertising one's way to growth may be a calculated risk for a startup but what about diversification into products services and even content platforms for a 6 year old company mama earth has fired on quite many cylinders it has a range of personal products from ayurvedic ones to organic to science based ones but it has also jumped into the grooming business through the acquisition of b blunt chain of salons from godrej consumer products at a time when most fmcg companies are buying d2c startups Here is a D2C startup that bought a service business from a leading FMCG company that is itself investing in setting up its own DTC platform and it gets more interesting here Mama Earth also owns a women centric content platform under the acquired company Mompresso that talks on everything from childcare to parenting and hold on it even talks about money and investments so it's not just mama knows it all It also is looking like mama owns it all. Lalit believes that diversification is a necessary evil for such a growing startup. You have no other option in the respective TAM market which is your target addressable market hmm. and if that is getting squeezed every year they grow at 300% they grow at 100% last year the share their growth is only 50% right this company per se has one own brand which was mama earth which was started as more kind of a baby product segment right their baby care segment just now contributes only 20% of the revenue which is nothing but 80% of the revenue is coming from the so called hair and skin care segment right let's not forget that all their other brands which were there were acquired and that acquisition was because you need to grow and the growth can come either internally which is going to take a lot of time hmm. or you acquire a you know a well established kind of a brand and quickly grow so it's a combination of a theory which they themselves are trying to do they are all over the place so i think they were going to burn very very much quickly even in this ipo 400 cr may they have given 185 cr in advertisement 30 cr for b blunt another 30 cr for uh, expansion of exclusive brand outlets So the remaining 150 CR has been left for kind of acquisition, right? I mean, that's the only amount which has been left, which has not given any explanation at all. I think they will go ahead and acquire one or two more brands, try to see expand the revenue across. That's the only way for them to do it. I wonder if Mama's IPO will be a reality check for several large FMCG companies, including HUL, ITC, Marico, and Colgate Palmolive. that have jumped on the bandwagon of buying into d2c startups every single now and then you will have you know startup d2c companies you to list them so of course we had the like of you know hul which acquired in a i think a plan based uh, startup supplement Correct. brand called oziva yeah but those were pretty small in terms of revenues itc acquired motherspash which was again a pretty small a 5x 7x kind of multiple so you have smaller smaller player which will keep getting acquired by larger guys such kind of players they can acquire a 250 300 crore kind of and you know try their online space for they have absolutely nothing to lose per se once you cross 
the particular threshold where you know you can't be acquired by the other player mm. the only way is going and getting yourself a private equity guy who is ready to pump in 500 700 zip mm. or going and getting yourself listed in this particular case they had a hard choice of getting listed and it's not going to last for long i remember later acquisition and all are saying this very clearly the startups eco space they want to do everything and anything which is working for them because the investor expectation is get me growth at whatever value and cost i have been an investment banker for almost a decade i have seen more than 1000 plus deals and i have personally felt that the entire ecosystem is screwed up big time because the next friend of guy who is investing in you all is asking you is for the valuation correct it's only in the last you know probably 12 months where people have started or this mass startups have started speaking about profitability or the cash flows all the while it's just been valuation 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 I think indian celebrate a lot when they get their funding mm-hmm. i always keep saying hey celebrate when you give an exit Mayhul regards a much abused valuation method to be the reason behind the overvaluations of the D2C startups. I would say the uh, use of revenue multiple as a valuation method right has actually contributed to the overvaluation of the D2C startups I would not say about Mamar but uh, D2C startup in general. Let's say a startup X comes to me and seeks 1 crore rupees when he is having a monthly sale of 10 lakh rupees and say I as an early investor say yes to invest into that startup at a valuation of 10 crore okay now the question is have i valued as an investor the startup solely based on sales then the answer is no i have seen the conviction in the founder and his efforts or his background like how many stings he has done in the past in the same industry the founder may have promised me that using my 100 crore he has shown me a growth that he would reach a sales of 50 lakhs right and on that basis i have made a valuation of 10 crore but when i made this investment the news goes into the market that mehul shah as an angel investor has invested into a d2c startup at 10 crore valuation when the sales were just 10 lakh rupees so it gives a multiple of 100 on the mrr right the other startups use this multiple to make their own valuation and that slowly results in a valuation bubble But if Mama Earth values itself fairly, does it have a chance to be an exception to the trend of tech IPOs that have lost investors' wealth? Lalit doesn't think so. Absolutely not. Not at all, Kiran. I don't think there'll be any sheen of disappointment because they can't value themselves lower than 1.2 billion, which was the last valuation done by Sequoia. Hmm. And let's not forget, by the way, Sequoia is not participating in this particular round at all, which is nothing. they are holding 24% stake not participating in this particular ofs issue hmm. so once they are going to list their ipo because they could at some point of time in the next 12 18 months or whenever they get an opportunity right would like to exit right if not for a full exit rate partially 34% 34% 34%, 34% they have to dump to the market and once they start dumping such a kind of quantity in volume with you know absolutely no buyer retail is not at all interested qualified institutional buyers have completely lost their money in the previous issues so the only guys is the mutual fund and mutual funds are not going to come across because there's a lot of backlash already and people are saying that whichever mutual fund is going to apply they are just going to redeem the scheme so there's no one left so when you're going to start selling that kind of a stake in market every now and then you know what the interest is going to look like right i mean it's a sinking boat 
hard way, hard call, but yeah, no other option. Frankly, I'll really not be taken aback if they pull out of this IPO because there's a lot of backlash which they have faced. In fact, it's good. They've got some feedback, by the way, because after setting the price, you don't get the opportunity for feedback. Or here, even before determining the price, they've got this feedback very clearly, right? Saying that, hey, market is just not going to like you. Yeah. You still have some more time before you hit the market. And there are many, many more IPOs which are lined up in 2023 which I think are going to be stalled until unless the U.S. liquidity is going to pump in across. And, you know, we are going to see a, one more new round of startup ecosystem valuation or new round of inflows, which is going to happen. Unless that is going to happen, all of these guys, either they're going to shut down because private equity guys won't be able to support. They'll have to allow them to die. Uh, we are already seeing a lot of startups who have fired their employees. Employees used to love startups. Mm. We saw a lot of MBA guys, all the IIMs, were flooding startups just 18 months back, Kiran. Right? Hmm. If you remember during the Cricket World Cup, they used to give this free World Cup ticket, a Kawasaki bike for product development managers who joined that startup. Some <laughs> of those is gone, completely gone, right? And many of those startups who gave those have also shut down, by the way, just in a matter of 12 months. Many of these founders have not even seen one cycle of startup ecosystem. So one cycle of eight years, once they see, I think uh, they'll be much, much more successful. Uh, in my view, it's way too early uh, for Indian ecosystem. It's not as much matured as the U.S. ecosystem is. I think there's going to be a lot of pain. In such a scenario, it becomes all the more important for Mama Earth to get its IPO right and to create value for its retail investors. Both Mehul and Aviral have put forth arguments about why Mama Earth has a reason to not repeat the mistakes made by the startups listed before it. So, I would say, first of all, the founders come from a background where they have taken Shark Tank to every household name. And in Shark Tank, they have rather the sharks have taught the investors how to look at valuation, what right questions to be asked. And now the same founder is on the receptive side. So it is the role of the founder to ensure that retail investors also make money out of the capital appreciation or the dividend which is to be declared in this company in future once they go listed. Another reason I feel that why this IPO should not fail is also because People have looked to other IPOs like Paytm, Nika, when they come to be a super successful company on an asset light model. Those companies have changed the ideology of the people that it is not only the net asset in the balance sheet which is to be looked upon, but also the off-balance sheet item like brands, the intangibles, the trademark. So that uh, conviction might fail. And the third reason is because these are investors who have been investing in the stock market. And these investors are also now becoming angel investors. Last two years, we have seen a lot of stock market investors who have, you know, parked, say, 10% or 20% of their portfolio money into startups. So if if the retail investors would keep on doing loss into IPO, hmm. that conviction of converting these retail investors into angel investors would fail. A lot of founders who are, you know, in the middle stages, which is like they're not seed, but they're not going public anytime soon, They've got quite frightened with all of this. Anyway, the founder journey is so hard. You don't want them to be scared of going public, right? Because they're like, oh my God, what is this backlash? I don't want to deal with this. And it's fair, right? I mean, I'm sure both uh, Varun and Ghazal have had to like personally speak to so many people after whatever has happened. I hope they will take in all the feedback and 
you know there's this could be a blessing in disguise where they got the answer uh, without even disclosing the price if startup ipos tend to continue to perform badly i think retail will lose faith in the asset class and then you lose a very important way to exit right both as a founder and as an investor and i don't think the ecosystem wants that so i i don't think anyone's incentives are aligned to destroy anybody's wealth is my sense we reached out to the founders of mama earth for this episode we shall update this podcast as and when we get the response though unprecedented the backlash for mama earth's valuation was important in many ways it sent a strong message to the startup ecosystem right from the founders to venture capitalists to private equity players and to investment bankers the market is in no mood to digest one more bad case of dumping an irrationally priced startup onto the retail investors the ball is now in the court of mama earth's shareholders they have to decide whether to postpone the ipo for want of better market sentiment or roll it out at fair valuations leaving money on the table for the retail investors a profitable exit for existing investors doesn't have to be value destroying for the public investors all the previous unicorn ipos have destroyed investors wealth making it very important for mama earth to not go down the same road the company has an opportunity to help restore the faith of retail investors in the whole startup growth story and set the right precedent for future startups how can it do so the company can correct its valuation expectation and its exiting investors can limit their greed a little leveraging on easy money was easy and possible till last year but now aspects like getting the unit economics right reducing customer acquisition cost getting repeat customers finding one's niche addressing a genuine pain point and being able to withstand the pressure of investors expectation are critical before startups can even think of listing on the stock market As for Mama Earth it is now upon its founders to take the backlash in their stride and make the company yet another startup whose IPO failed or make it the first unicorn IPO that made money for the street A big thank you to our guest Abiral Bhatnagar Lalit Rathi and Mehul Shah for sharing their amazing insights and thank you for tuning in to this podcast brought to you by the team Economic Times Show producer Vinay Joshi, sound designer Rajesh Naik, executive producers Anupriya Bahadur, Anil Ban Chaudhary and Arijit Barman. We hope you like this episode. Do share it on your social media networks. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. The Morning Brief is now streaming on Amazon Prime Music and Jio7 apart from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And of course, ET's own audio platform ET Play. Do tune in to ET Play, our latest platform for all audio content. Have a great week ahead. All clips used in the episode belong to the respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.